You're listening to the Tortoise and the Hare Experience. Exclusively on EnterTheShell.com and all across the Enter the Shell Podcast Network.
are back on the tortoise and hare experience. We have a show. We <laughs> do have a show. We have a, a, an insane show today. I'm very excited about it. Yes. It's like a family show to me. Well, it's, it, it's not to you because you have no family. <laughs> I don't. Do people like you? No, they don't. I, don't know. <laughs> it's, I always say I should never be allowed to be amongst humans, you know? Especially with this this new persona that you have going on this like you love it right yeah it's like fraggle rock <laughs> yeah know, i'm kind of i'm getting used to it i'm getting yeah. used to it, i have to say I, i'm i'm not hating it yeah a lot of people are really enjoying it um uh, i went to a, an open mic uh the i always want to say the other day but it's never the other day right <laughs> uh here um i i went there and everybody was just in awe of like my hair and stuff and i'm like i just woke up you know, this is, <laughs> this is me. Yeah, this is me. It's just perfection. Exactly. But do you ever have like a really good hair day and you just, you're like, okay, I, I have to go out. I have to go do something yes. with this yeah. hair, right? And it doesn't happen often. It doesn't. Because this, you know, this is two hours of straightening that I don't do by myself. I have, you know, people for that. Right. But, you know, because I have very curly hair and it's very 80s and if that comes out good, then I'm just, I'm so happy that I'm, I'm running the streets. Like, look at me, look at me. <laughs> now, what's weird is when I take a shower, the, all the, all this beauty goes away for some strange <gasps> reason. And that's why you don't shower? I, I well, I, now I shower I at night. Say. I'm like changing my shower. Like, I just literally walked out of bed, came here. My shirt's dirty, oh, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even put deodorant yeah. on unless I go, like, go to work. Unless someone pays me, I'm like, okay, I'll put on deodorant. Do you know how bad deodorant is for you? Um, it's such a bad thing. Really? Yeah, because, you know, first off, that that's, uh, you know, your skin is the biggest organ that you have. And, you know, your lymph glands well, speak are for yourself. right there. <laughs> well, <that's true>. right. <laughs> but your lymph glands are, are underneath your arms. And when you're putting on a chemical uh, directly into that area, it's going to infect you. Okay. Or affect you. Affect you. Yeah, I like that better. <laughs> yeah, it will. So you should, you know, there are... Um, things on the market that are natural that you should be using um, like i'm just the, using my natural the, rock, the crystal little rock i'm just thing. using my natural musk that's see and that's <laughs> offensive that's well, especially offensive to me well because you're not attracted to the musk <laughs> my musk attracted to anything <laughs> but it's good <laughs> so um I, you know in every show we started off with an experience we do um, I want to go first for my experience, okay. and and that was um, we're trying something new out uh, here on the show, which is you know before the way we were shooting it, I was going crazy. I was you know just with all the light, we could never really see the guest, mm -hmm. and we did that for like sixty like sixty times. I know, <laughs> but hey, you have to yeah, evolve, yeah, right? You know, eventually we look at our own stuff and go, oh, maybe we should yeah, relight maybe, it. Yeah. <laughs> and then we tried relighting it. We tried. Yeah. dude we tried so much uh you know just to fix it from that angle that we didn't think about shooting from another angle yeah so uh, i was really excited because we talked about this uh, uh after after our last show and uh because i was just really frustrated and uh so today we're trying something new out something different uh that we're you know i, I guess we're gonna get used to but mm -hmm. you know with anything new we're gonna come up with snags uh, along the way and so we're still trying to figure uh things out 
But um, and, and I'm going to ask this of our guest. Who uh, can, can we introduce our guest real quick? Sure. Okay. Sure. Introduce. And, and, introduce and, and, well, I mean, he's your friend. I mean, I just met well, him. Well, he's more than a friend. Oh, really? This is he's my like, family. Okay. This is my blood over here. Uh, yeah. This is Edward Nyahey, the Great, the Infamous, the Dark. The dark. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, I am pretty dark. You are quite dark. <laughs> Some things. Yeah. <laughs> but I was going to ask, like, uh, f- uh, you, Edward, um, have you ever done something for the first time and it turned out right? Something for the first time? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Actually, uh, a couple years ago, I directed my uh, first play, and that turned out pretty damn good. Okay. I was very excited about that. And then last year I did even a darker play, and that turned out <laughs> even really good too. Um, so yeah, you know, but it's like you, re- I re- had to rely on a lot of different people to come to make sure that you know things were, you know, up to par, and you have to rely on certain people. I think you know if you're if you're doing something new and experimenting like that. Cool, Max. Uh, have you ever done something for the first time and it came out right? Um. Yeah. You know. Especially in the kitchen, because we are in the kitchen right now. Literally. And uh, so when I'm making a, a new recipe and I try it for the first time and it happens, I'm like, yeah, this is the coolest thing ever. And then I'll never remember how I did right. it the first time. And, you know, it, it goes away. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Especially making food for my daughter, who's a very picky eater. It's <laughs> picky. Just, you yeah, know, it's you picky. throw things cause... together and you find that magic potion yeah. that she likes. But then how do you recreate it? Right. That? And then you're like... What is she like to that time? And never happens again. <laughs> no, which is why both again. of our daughters are skin and bones. Yes. <laughs> do, do both of your daughters play with each other or anything? I mean, no, uh, well, is that weird? Is that a weird? <laughs> no, is that Dan, a, Danny's twenty-five. <laughs> Mine's sixteen. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know your daughter. They know each other. Though. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. That's very cool. So that was my experience, Max. What was? Uh, what's been your experience? Um, well, there's been a a lot going on and, you know, a lot happening in our world. Um, and we'll talk about our world in a minute, but, uh, in my own personal world, um, I lost, uh, Hugh Hefner and that was, you know, a a pretty major thing for me. Um, I mean, did we really lose Hugh Hefner? Well, you know, I lost him in my everyday life, you know, um, it's hard because, you know, I'd known him since, how old was I? 16, 17 when I first. He was like know. 80. <laughs> well, he's always been I know, 80. I know. He's always been <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never knew him yeah, as anything yeah. more than or less than 80. He's always been just 80. Yeah. But um, brilliant, brilliant man who, you know, changed uh, our world and how we looked at women and, um, you know, <laughs> literally figuratively <laughs> yes literature in 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 all and um it's a it's a hard loss for everybody at playboy so my heart is with everybody you know at playboy enterprises and the family and um morgan and and the boys and you know kim and crystal and all of them yeah so that's been my experience my bunny world okay so, Edward, we both shared some experiences that uh, are going on. What, what's an experience you'd like to share? Um, but, you know, if you want to take back off that, my, my wife also is, um, you know, was heavily influenced by him as well. Um, you know, she got into um, erotic film acting and stuff like that. Um, you know, she 
you know, I know there's like a lot of things that um, you know, she's done that sort of, you know, helped shape who she was. And, and then I worked for a writer director, Zalman King. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that also, you know, I've always been in that world, you know, since college. I came out, of, you know, um, graduated from UMass Boston. I came out here to venture into United, uh, into uh, the world of Hollywood. And that's where I seem to fall and land. Not that I really expected that to happen, but it just seems like everybody in my world um, was that. And mm-hmm. the funny thing is, you know, I grew up, you know, sort of cradle Catholic, um, and you would think that those worlds oppose each other. And I guess maybe they do, they don't. I don't know. I, I just look at life. On Sundays and, they do. Yeah. But <laughs> it seems like, um, I don't know, that was a big impact, I think, on, on my wife as well because, you know, he was one of the first people to help her branch out into that world. Um, you know, and then obviously knowing Max for as many years as I have and, you know, her being my, my sister's closest friend, um, you know, she was always there, you know. And um, so, I don't know, it was just, it was interesting to see how um, my life sort of fell into this sort of realm of uh, the erotic side of Hollywood, you know. Um, it's not a bad side to be. No, it's no, not a bad side at all. <laughs> it's not an easy side, that's no. for sure. It's definitely not easy, but, um, you know, I think that, you know, Jackie and, and everybody that we're involved with has done it in a very classy way. For sure. Yeah. You know, and there's, and you have to, I think, find that artistic side. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of things that I think people will um, deal with, you know, but I think if you, if you don't create that artistic venture and it's not something that really, you know, if you're just doing it just to do it and you're doing it for the money or whatever, then that's one thing. Right. But I think when you have an artistic vision and you have something you need to say, and you have certain ways of expressing yourself, um, you know, and I think that that does bring joy and happiness to a lot of people, you know, and then you can overcome the person, and then it's not a lustful thing, it's more of an artistic appreciation, um, Mm -hmm. you know, for the body, and and for how you can, you know, express yourself, or how you sort of pose yourself, or how you work with light, or work Mm -hmm. with different objects, Um, then all of a sudden, the mind goes to a different place you know yeah I think that you know with anything that you do in your life um, when you're expressing yourself like with your music you know the church is definitely didn't stand behind your music because you know (laughs) it's very dark it's very heavy but the message is so beautiful and if they were to shut off that side you know of the the fear of the dramatic and they actually listen to what it was about they would be in support of it. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I've always felt like, you know, I, I sort of, I'm like a walking dichotomy, you know, because I grew up on Ozzy, grew up on Marilyn Manson. Those were my influences. Uh, King Diamond, Support Turnus, that will never change. Cradle of Filth, these are the people that I love. These right. are the people that I could fall asleep to listening to. Um, and those are the people that influenced me. But at the same time, as I, I you know, mentioned, yeah, I grew up in a Catholic, I, even now, going to daily church, you know, um, And I'm constantly in prayer. I'm constantly praying the rosary and all these things. Um, But there is that message that I will never not, you know, live for God. But I also feel like, you know, within my music, you know, I'm sort of that person that sort of like reaches down into hell and pulls souls out for Christ, you know, and that's that's my thing. And I will surround myself in the utter darkness because I know there is light in me and I know that um, I can shine light in these places that maybe other people can't get to. Yeah, I remember when you were a kid and walking into your bedroom with all the posters up on the wall <laughs> and your mother's screaming, he's going to hell! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I think you can go to hell for listening to music. You know what I mean? I well, think that's kind know, of a. But that's the way the church is. Well, you know, well, that's why definitely thought. You know that if you listen to anything that wasn't exactly what they deemed appropriate, then you were going to hell. You know, I've gone to hell four hundred and. Right, <laughs> you know, probably since you know nine a.m. It's, but you're so it's okay. over hell, <laughs> like oh hell, whatever. I'm over hell. I'm I'm just a floater. I'm just you know, I do things in the proper way and I treat people a certain way, and and that should uh, amount to something. You know, I was um, I, I heard this great theory, and, and I'm a, a true supporter of it, uh, and, and I'm gonna. Um, Ask you about I, I I never really talk about this stuff, uh, but you know I was like, well, I have you here, and so let me pick your brain, <laughs> yeah. you know. And um, th- th- now it, I'm not a religious person at all. I, as, as a matter of fact, I'm not even religious. Um, but uh, this theory came where this, they they told me they're like heaven and hell is the same place because everybody thinks like we, when you go to hell. There's fire. There's brimstone. There's you know what I mean. Like, like it's it's really an awful place. But it made sense because one man's heaven is another man's hell. You know, like like let's say um, for me, what 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 you would think would be heaven for me is me at a Dodger like me, my spirit at a Dodger game, and the Dodgers always win. But to me, that would be hell because I already know that they're gonna win. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm just like this, this, you know, this would bore me this, you know, but somebody else might love it, you know, so I was just wanting to pick your brain about that. I think um, I thought that was an interesting just point of view to way to look to, at things. To there. I think like the biggest thing that I look at when, you know, you're trying to describe heaven or hell is maybe the knowledge of the beatific vision, which is the knowledge of the understanding that there is a God, there is a creator, you know, and then um, hell, I guess, would be the absence of that God, you know, so knowing that you, that there is this amazing, beautiful thing that is created and, and, you know, is love and you, you're given a glimpse of that at your, maybe your death or your judgment and you see that and you feel that and you know it and now you can't have it. And then that's hell. You know what I mean? Um, so to me, like I've always felt like, you know, instead of it, yeah, being this brimstone fire kind of place, um, it's almost the the absence of of knowing of you know there there is this e- eternal life um, for us you know um, and to not be able to have that um, I think is is our own personal hell you know um, you know it's almost like that movie where where, where dreams may come you mm. know you know where his wife was sort of stuck in in that environment right. and she didn't know how to get out and it's like you know or all these movies that keep playing with you know the idea of you're living the same day every day over yeah, and over yeah. and over sort of like what you just said right. you know what i mean and that becomes people's private hell you know what i mean um so i think a lot you know maybe deals with with that not just so much the religious aspect but just knowing that you know we could have something the soul you know um gravitates towards these things because that's how we're all made up we're made up to have these these connections and then you're cut off from that you know and then when you're cut off from that how does that make you feel that's where my music comes from you know right. what i mean is feeling mm-hmm. that rage feeling that frustration you know and that 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 sense of god where do i go from here you know what i mean and i mean how many times do we, do we walk around you know just like one step away from jumping off a bridge you know i, I mean to me it's it's constantly there it's always 
gnawing at me, you know what I mean? Because it's always this constant battle um, that you have to try to fight. But how do you even explain that? Is that religious? I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's, is it just human? It's, it's a human thing, I yeah. think. You know? um, but maybe, you know, it's just the, the interpretation or, or how we learn to try to express ourselves, you know, um, that, you know, I've done with my music, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And with your films as well. In my films, yeah, for sure. All my films sort of deal with this whole, you know, thing of, I, I've created a genre because, you know, I, after listening to all this kind of music and after, you know, watching horror films and everything like that, there wasn't anything that really I felt I belonged to. So then I combined these two worlds, you know, Gothic, which obviously is heavy Gothic influence. Oh, yeah. And then Catholicism, which I grew up with. So I, I created this genre of called Gothic, G-O-T-H-O-L-I-C, you know, that combines these worlds together. And everything I do, I consider Gothic, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's my films or whether it's my music, it's this genre um, that I've created um, you know, so it, it can have this sort of like walking dichotomy of the dark and the light all happening at the exact same time. Because I really believe you can't have one without the other. It, it's impossible. You know, it's impossible to have utter darkness without having that light, you know, shining forth and, and vice versa. The yin to the yang. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I do horror films, you know, because in my everyday life, you know, I do holistic medicine and, you know, everything is positive and moving forward and, you know, floating free. And then I go on set and I kill people. <laughs> yeah, but that's just playtime. That's just, you know what I mean? That's just, you're, but, not, you're but, not doing it is, like for but real. But there is a part of you, you know, as you're having a fight scene and, you know, which I have a lot of, you know, you're, there's a part of you that gets attached to that. And uh, for a lot of the actors who, you know, are, you know, stuck on, they have to become that character all throughout you know, they're filming, um, it, it can mess with your mind, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think also, like, with acting, I mean, you have to be able to connect, you know? And so there has to be some side or, you know, if you're, if mm -hmm. you're able to create these kind of characters, yes, that's all within us. Yeah. And I think the beauty of acting is being able to sort of tap into that and, and leaving it there, leaving it on right. set, leaving it on camera and, yeah. you know, walking away saying, okay. But if you're a method actor, then you are, you stay in that character the entire run of the film, you know, and a lot of actors do that and it, it can be, it can be very difficult. Yeah. I also have my own philosophy on why somebody, uh, you know, method acting to me is almost like, what, there's no reason as far as I'm concerned, and I've been doing this, you know, I've been SAG since 97 and directing a lot of things. And for method actors, and I know there's a lot of even famous people that consider themselves a method actor, but I also know with human nature, you can step in, step out of mm -hmm. something. It's, it's not impossible. And I don't know if it's, you know, something where, you know, they just have to feel like call themselves a method actor and then live this way. But you know what? Living that way can also get you in trouble in real life when yeah. the camera's not rolling. You know, um, so I think people also need to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I don't know if it's ego, but I'm almost willing to bet, bet that there's a little bit <laughs> yeah, of ego there. I think so too. I think you're right. Whatever it is that takes you to that, that point in your performance where you're, you know, giving everything that you can give. When I was doing House of Manson, there was one of the actresses who was, um, she was attacking me. You know, so we were having lunch and I'm like, you know, hey, how are you? You know, and I having the conversation and, and she's just like staring at me. I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, I'm in character. I'm like, 
all right. Well, does your, <laughs> is your character is your character hungry? Does your character want a Brussels sprout? Lion up, bitch. She's like, I have to kill you in three minutes. You know? <laughs> I'm like, all right. Well, do I still have time for this spritzer? I mean, is it, uh, okay. Got a carrot hanging him up. Uh, since you brought up uh, Manson, you, you have a song called Marilyn Manson. Yes. Um, just real quick, can you uh, talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, the whole thing obviously comes down to Brian Warner and you know his influence with uh, obviously Charles Manson and Marilyn Monroe. Um, but you know, in in '94, um, you know when when he first came out with Portrait of American Family, I had uh, my sister's friend introduced me to his music, um, and I was up in in Boston. Um, and I saw him for the first time at the Middle East and, uh, it was quite the experience because I got to go hang out with the band after the Holiday Inn and, um, and, you know, at the time, I gotta be honest, when I bought the album, bought the CD and I was really starting to get into him, I didn't know, is this real? Is this not real? Is this a gimmick? Is this not, you know, you're trying Mm -hmm. to figure it out. And then, you know, he sat there the whole entire time and for some reason, um, he didn't smoke. There were obviously big joints going around. You know, I sat next to Twiggy on a bed. And it was freaking awesome, you know. And um, and then all the all the guys were there. And, and then the two other bands were there. Um, but meanwhile, you know, uh, Marilyn just sat there, on, laid there on the bed. You know, he had the Bible in his hand. He had his red sunglasses on. And he held a bottle of Jack Daniels the whole time. He never took one sip of that Jack Daniels. But he passed it around to everybody. He never smoked. He never did any of the drugs. He was completely sober-minded. Um, when he was there. And then we, the conversations that we're, we were all getting into were about the Bible and about Christ and about God. And every time somebody would bring up, you know, an, uh, a point about Jesus or about God, he would bring up the anti-version of that and did it in a very intelligent way. And I was just like, oh, man, okay, maybe there's something here. You know what I mean? Um, that was a little sort of scary that you know, was was beyond <laughs> just yeah, just just beyond the uh, you know a gimmick. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, Exciting. I'd be excited. Like really? Oh. But the cool yeah. thing was that that evening, you know, he kicked everybody out. It was probably like four or five in the morning. Kicked everybody out, but he let me stay. So it was the band of Marilyn Manson. It was me and these two chicks that he let stay. And then I'm thinking, okay. Man, I had just saw him walk, pulled Twiggy's pants down on stage. I just saw him start, you know, whacking right. him off. And like, Lord, what, what is going to happen? And I'm thinking because, again, yeah, I was a little crazy in my mind, but I hadn't done things like that before. And I'm thinking, how do I get out of this situation <laughs> if it goes there tonight? Um, but it, thank God I never did. You know what I mean? And again, it was just he was completely classy and just an amazing person. It made me even love him more. You know, after that night. And then eventually it was like six in the morning. It's like, Ed, we, you know, we, we got to get up, you know, at 11. So you got to go, yeah. you know. So then I left or whatever. But that changed my life. The next day in class, I wore I wore his T-shirt and said, I'm got a fuck on the back of it. And nobody heard of Marilyn Madsen, you know. And then I literally, that was the end of it. I brought Marilyn's everybody that I, that I knew, you mm-hmm. know, at that point. Um, and then all these years, you know, as his character got progressively worse, you know what I mean, um, and, and gone from just sort of crazy to darker and darker and then the the self-proclaimed antichrist and all this stuff, you know, um, I, I, I started to pray for him. You know what I mean? Um, because I had that personal connection. And then one day when I was working for Zalman, um, Zalman King, he had called the office and he wanted Zalman King to direct a music video for uh, beautiful people mm-hmm. with extreme sports versus extreme uh, music um, for Universal. And Zalman chose not to do it because he was in the middle of a project or whatever. 
But, um, you know, he invited him to the 97 music MTV Music Awards where he did Dope Show. Mm -hmm. um, so I got to go, and I went in Zalman's place um, to go hang out with him. And I brought my wife, Jackie, and um, the, the, the other secretary um, for Zalman's. But so there's been, you know, he's, Marilyn's always come back into my life. Um, so obviously I wrote the song, you know, um, you know, just from, you know, sort of a, a very a fan's point of view, but a God-fearing fan's point of view. And I think my point lyrically to him is, you know, hey, God loves you, you know, and um, and and that's that, you know, God loves <laughs> <that's> everybody. That. <laughs> <laughs> you know. All right. So uh, let's hear that song. And you can find uh, Edward uh, on Reverb Nation. You just have to search uh, Edward Nahe. Yep. Nahe. 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 N-Y-A-H-A-Y. Yeah, and there, and of course, I'll have the links to all your social media, you know, on the show notes. But uh, let's hear that song, Marilyn Manson. And when we come back, uh, we're going to have more with our guest right here on the Tortoise and Hare Experience. Growing up in America, fame and blood and sacrifice. Media filth and aborted West. Sinister tongue condemns it just.
are back on the Tortoise and Hare Experience. Just heard uh, Marilyn Manson by Edward Nye. And uh, yeah, um, I, I know you're influenced by like all these like gothic type bands like Skinny Puppy and everything like that. But, um, you know, I, I, I was reading your bio and um, your daughter showed you like taylor swift and <laughs> everything which i i like I, you know i'm a swifty i'm a swifty too there's nothing wrong with that you know what i mean um when you were, were able to look uh at her and um you know her music um tell me like were you really looking at it objectively or, or were you or were you like why should i like this you know no i mean Obviously, okay. The first song, I just want to put this out for the record. The first song my daughter did love when she was seven years old was Crazy Train by Ozzy. Okay, okay that's a good Randy, song. Yeah, good song. and then it changed after that. You know, after um, all that, it changed. And, and she obviously got heavy into uh, Taylor Swift, heavy into Selena Gomez, heavy into Demi Lovato, Justin Bieber. You know what I mean? So, you know, as someone who appreciated music, and, you know, I wanted to be able to see what, what she saw in these musicians. So I would just listen to them over and over and over as I would do in my next Ozzy album, the next Maryland album, the next Support Turner's album. You know, you mentioned Skinny Puppy. I have a lot of stories about that and seances and stuff. Like that. <laughs> but, anyway, um, but yeah, but, you know, there was um, I, I would listen to them in. Not that I didn't appreciate that, that kind of radio pop music. I, I You know, I did, but it just wasn't something I would just find myself putting on listening to as a pure enjoyment but now i had a reason to you know what i mean mm. of, of course you, you know you want to be there for your daughter you want to ex- share these experiences you know with them and so when they're talking about a certain song or whatever you want to you know at least be able to have a conversation with her about right. it you know what i mean and, and try to relate on a certain level mm. um you know and then and then yeah, i think for a while there you know it sort of lightened me up a little bit you know my music even got <laughs> a little lighter there <laughs> it's like whoa <laughs> you know um because i was i was influencing being influenced by that kind of music. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I think, you know, one of the things also, you know, that I, one of the musicians I, I really loved that she loved was, was Demi Lovato, but she had such a, she had a dark past too, you know, and there was a lot of darkness, I think, within her that she was sort of trying to fight and, and battle. Um, and it came out maybe in more of an aggressive way in her attitude in the mm-hmm. music. Um, so I would try to help. You know, I even wrote a song, Demi Lovato, you know what I mean? Um, because she was, I felt, somebody that I could relate to musically on that level um, and have something to sing about, you know, because I, I do get aggressive in my vocals and stuff, and I need to be able to feel that in order for me to go there. You know, mm-hmm. I can't just make that stuff up. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, but I, I think, um, you know, she did help me maybe open up my mind a little bit, you know, and enlightened me a little bit. You know what I mean? Um you know, but it's not like I've gone out and bought the latest Justin Bieber album or something, you know. Tell right. the truth. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I was, um, you know, I, I, I listen to a lot of music and uh, I, I do it mainly on YouTube, you know, but I'm always curious about other interpretations of, of music or, or just how an artist reinterprets uh, a song. And, of course, you know, I'm obsessed with Blank Space. Uh, by Taylor Swift, and I, I, as I was thumbing through, uh, she 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 did a uh, a show uh, at, uh, for like the Grammys or something, but it wasn't like uh, on TV or anything. It was just like a showcase for like uh, a bunch of like producers and stuff like that. 
and um and, and so as I was watching it, she started talking about blank space, and she started saying how the the reason why uh, she wrote it was because she was reading a bunch of articles about uh, herself, uh, and and she saw the way that she was being portrayed, and she was just like she really fell in love with the idea of her like really jet setting around the world to be with boys and like doing all this stuff. And so she's like, that's why I wrote the song, you know, because she got influenced by uh, people's perception of her. And mm -hmm. that's how that song came about. And I was wondering, had that some, is that something that's ever happened to you where someone perceives you, um, <laughs> you know, in one way and then you start thinking, well, am I that way? Or, or maybe I'm not. Then you just get into like this weird uh, writing like sesh or something. Um, I mean, I think with, to compare myself to Taylor Swift, it's just, well, that, you, that's know, just you know, that's just, no, a, no, no, you I, know, but I'm not comparing. I, I, you know, but I'm not just, that, you know, I'm not that out there to where, you know what I mean? I could have a lot of different fans coming. So, I mean, if that happened, maybe it would happen some, you know, somebody within my inner, more within the inner family or inner, you know, circle of friends or whatever, um, you know, but I would say, I perp I know what I'm doing when I create a certain visual or create a certain song or create certain imagery, create my movies. I, I know the um you know, the places that I go to and I go to very dark places within my own soul. I go to places that only I feel like I'm there and I don't know how to get out. So I need my art to get me out. You know, um, I had written a, a book, Wings of Flesh. Um, it's actually going to be, it's in the beginning um, stages of getting financed now. And that was the same thing. I would write and I would see how dark can I go and and how do I get myself out? So I think the perception when, when people look at that, you know what I mean? Um, and they say, you know, I've gotten a lot of, you know, you know, yeah, you, you portray this, but then you say you're this. So, you know, you're, you're full of shit and that's that, you <laughs> right, know what I mean? Right, right. So yeah, mm -hmm. I have gotten a lot of that. Um, you know, and that's hard to like, because, you know, I don't, I've never done anything without sincerity, you know what I mean? No matter what it is, you know, I was a teacher for 14 years. Like kids will call you on your BS, man. You know what I mean? Like you cannot BS. So if I didn't know something, I would just admit it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I think like maybe sometimes I would get that also from from parents of students. You know what I mean? Um, that were maybe checking me out online or whatever right. and saying, okay, who's teaching my son here? But yeah. then in the classroom, yeah, I'm looking with the shirt and the tie or whatever, you know. So I don't match that image. But then why am I so comfortable in that dark world, you know? And I think I got a lot of that, you know, um, where – but it was almost from people that I knew and it wasn't from fans. You know what I mean? And it was right. like people trying right. to figure me out, you know, um, you know, and once people get to know me, then they get it and they see me, who I am. And they, they see the sincerity and they see my love and my passion that I have for people, um, you know, and I have I, never intentionally ever tried to hurt anybody in this world. You know, that is not who I am. You know, what about spiders and cockroaches? <laughs> you know, I do hate cockroaches. But, you know, but I don't know. I just feel like, you know, me personally to um, people may not get that, you know, and then I know I get judged a lot. You know what I mean? And 
but then you, you just at the end of the day, you got to toss it up and be like, okay, whatever. That's that's who I am. I know I put that out there, but I put that out there for my own survival. You know what I mean? So I can get up the next day and be a good father and be a good mentor and be, you know, whatever it is that I'm, I'm doing that day, you know, the best that I possibly can, you know. Um, but there's also a lot of crap I have to deal with, you know. Um, oh, yeah. So I deal with it artistically. <laughs> now, th this is weird. Uh, I, I know that Max coached you uh on singing um right now uh I'm, I'm playing my guitar like you you know i'm going like i found this open mic place and you know i'm, I'm working on my like comedy there um but at the same time it like it it made me like say well you know what i, I play guitar like you know i want not that i want to sing or anything but i you know like i'm like well let me you know it's, it's making me want to like learn songs and stuff like that and um the the thing that I was that I that I'm that uh, I I guess that I'm trying to say is is finding your own voice because like yeah you know Max can teach you but it it really comes down to what is your own voice and and what you're comfortable with did did that take a long time for you to find that or are you still finding that no I mean I think I'm at the point now where I found it I think um it took many many years to do it um. Yeah, so when I when I first got into or decided this is what I want to do, I was it was back in I think it was like '99. Um, I was at a party and this guy named Steve Council was there, and um, you know he was this English rock star looking guy, and uh, you know he's like, hey, you look like a bloody rock star. Can you sing? You know, and I'm like, I don't know. I sing in the shower, dude. You know, I sang in fourth grade, and you know, and then um, I was actually I was in the choir in fourth grade. Um, and I was going to be accepted into this group that would have traveled the world, but I was going through freaking puberty and my voice cracked on the audition right. and I wasn't accepted. <laughs> so, you know, so literally if there's ever a moment in my life that I was upset with God and been like, okay, God, whatever, you know, um, it was during that time. And then I sort of gave up on it. But then that guy, that one time at that party inspired something in me. And then we put our first, you know, f five demos together. And then that was when I had gone to you, Max, and, you know, and, and she was teaching me, like, how to sing, you know, and from the diaphragm and threw me on the floor and, you know, made me, you know, breathe in and, and, and get the air down and, and feel it in that lower back. And, and then how do you, like, you know, bring up the air from, from your stomach muscles and, you know, and all of that, that goes into right. singing from your diaphragm and, and not, you know, um, having, you know, the, the hard, I think the hardest part when I learned to, to learn how to sing was, um, you know, when you, you have, you know, notes that go higher or lower or whatever, you know, you're still singing straight out in a straight line, you know, and, yeah. and it's, it's using your, your mouth and using, you know, your, your throat and, and everything else that's, you know, the, the muscles are pushing up this air, you know what I'm saying? And then you're, yeah. you're forming your, your notes with your lips and stuff. That's hard to understand. You know what I mean? Like it is hard I'm, to understand. Sort of it's hard. It's hard for a coach to get that through because you know I, I'm not just a you know voice teacher. You know I can teach you the scales and all of that, and I could teach you music theory and all of those things. But I would rather coach you into taking what it is that you love and your particular voice. I didn't want to change his voice because he had his own style. Right. And I knew that there wasn't going to be any changing that. You know, I, I can't turn him into a Demi Lovato. That's impossible. If you but could, I, <laughs> <laughs> let me I, know. What I can do is, is teach him how to sing properly so that you can do a show 
and you know you can do a tour and you can record and have it sound you know uh, correct you yeah. know and and that's a it's a difficult thing to do and get it across to where people are understanding what you're talking about you know without it being like oh that's too much that's too much music for me <laughs> i think um you know another big influence was um kelly rhodes i'm very close with the rhodes family um, I think one of the greatest moments of my life was when I was working for Zalman King. These two writers came in from um, Paramount, and no, from Miramax, I'm sorry. And um, they left Miramax to work for Zalman King, and they said Zalman was even a lot more wholesome than Miramax was a subdivision of Disney, if you can believe that or not. Yeah. But anyway, um, these writers, uh, one of the writers was a friend of Dolores Rhodes at the church in Burbank that they had gone to. It was, a, a, I believe, a Lutheran um, church. And um, he's like, and everybody that ever met me knew I loved Ozzy. And they're like, oh, if you like Ozzy, I'm sure you like Randy. I'm like, yeah, of course we love Randy. So um, they invited me to a Sunday mass over there, uh, and I got to meet Dolores. And after the church service, uh, we sat down at a potluck lunch, and I'm sitting next to Dolores as I'm sitting next to you. And she just started telling me about her son and how he met Ozzy. And, I mean, that literally just blew my mind. So I purposely kept in touch with the Rhodes family all those years later. And then I would go to Randy's memorial um, out in San Bernardino, you know, cemetery. And then in 2006, I started taking vocal lessons with Kelly Rhodes and then was with him for three years. Um, so, yeah, but the first thing he said to me is, you always have to sound like Ozzy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, and then another thing yeah. he would say, do you always have to sing about Jesus? <laughs> I mean, you don't. I mean, you don't have to. You know? <laughs> but, you know, those are the things that I, uh, you know, grew up on. You know what I mean? So it was a combination of those. But I think, you know, the things with the with finding that master voice, you know, for me, which is a lot different from, you know, other vocalists or whatever, but, you know, it's like to, to, to get that feeling across, you know, so it's like, how can you do something like this? I don't know, but what are you going to do? You know, these are my ways of speaking or performing or expressing myself. You know, so just how do you do all that shit? I don't know. You know what I mean? You just you learn to go to these weird places and, and instantly be able to get in and out. And that's what I was talking about, like method acting. You can it's. If you're trained enough, you can transform yourself and do your job and get out and become the normal person that you yeah. are. <laughs> Which is so different than, you know. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to listen to one more song. We should do a Red Shoe King because we've been talking about Zalman so much. Okay. And, you know. Okay, let's real quick talk about Red Shoe King. Then we're going to play that song, okay? Yeah, so um, the beginning of the song, my wife, you know, was an actress for Zalman King, so you'll hear um, clips from, from her from A Place Called Truth. Zalman was my mentor. Um, I love that man. He was like my father figure out here. He taught me everything uh, behind the camera, in front of the camera. And then when I went into education for 14 years all around the country, I created a, a film program that became the top film programs in the country. I got more kids into USC film school, NYU film school, uh, Dodge Chapman film school. I even had um, Michael Bug, who's an executive producer of um, La La Land. I was teaching his son, tell me, you know, I went to a high school that was um, created for filmmaking to get people, and though that school never touched your numbers. You know, and I give all of this credit to Mr. Zalman King because he was he was everything he was you know and, and he would force me to do everything and I'll, I'll never forget this one time 
you know, he's like, I kept saying, Zalman, put me in, your, put me in your shows, put me in your shows. And he's like, Ed, what's your favorite uh, James Dean film? And I just sat there with the blank stare. I hadn't seen one James Dean film. And he's like, you call yourself an actor, <laughs> and you've never seen a James Dean film. So obviously that weekend I rented all three. <laughs> and then, you know, but, it, you know, it was like just little moments like that. Or if I can say this with Red. Um, no, you can't. With, with no, nine and a half weeks, <laughs> um, you know, with Mickey Rourke. Yeah. He hand fed him every single line. Mm-hmm. Every line. I didn't know that. He showed me how to, he did it. You know, he reenacted it for me. And then he did that with me. You know what I mean? And he would say, okay, Ed, say, say the line what are you doing? Just like that. And I'd be like, what are you doing? I said, no, I didn't say, what are you doing? I said, what are you doing? You know, and he would make sure that everything he did that, you know, so every word that came out of Mickey Rourke's mouth in nine and a half weeks, Zalman King showed him and made him do every single thing. And then it was from that, that he was able to become this amazing actor after that. You know what I mean? But yeah, uh, you know, I I owe my life to, to him. And when he passed away in 2011, um, you know, my friend called me and, and um, I was in the classroom and I, I just literally just busted crying in front of all my students, you know, and I was at an old boys Catholic high school. So you imagine, you know, it wasn't the easiest thing in the world, but um, yeah, that was horrible, 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 um, you know. And th- the funny thing was a week before he had passed, we had a, um, his name of his company was called 10DB Incorporated. And um, we had a, a reunion a week before and all of us got together, you know, at the little local That's bar. Awesome. And, but he didn't show. But his producer showed, and um, but they didn't even tell us he was sick, you know. No, no one wants to know those know, things. You know what I mean? But it would, you know, it was just, yeah. it was just, it was sad. So of course, um, you know, I had to write the song "Red Shoe King," and it's just about, um, you know, how he directed and how he lived his life and um, how he created worlds and uh, how he could bring anybody into those worlds and, and and make you something. And he saw potential in people. And it didn't matter. I, I've even heard stories where uh, people came in and auditions with friends and they said no to the actor and he took the friend because he liked the way he looked and was able to direct that person and would star him in films after that. Those are all real stories with Zalman King. You know, he was just mm-hmm. an amazing, amazing human being. Um, you know, so I, of course I had to, to do the Red Shoe King. But as far as I'm concerned, Charlie, I don't need your eyes upon me in order for me to know that I'm sexy. Beautiful, strong, smart. You understand what I'm saying?
And you are back on the tortoise and hare experience. Oh man, what an experience it has been. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Ed. Ed. Like Edward. Awesome. <laughs> Edward. It's um, Ed. It's, is it Ed? Yeah, it's Ed. Ed, Ed you know, Eddie. Yeah. If, they, if you call me Eddie, you've known me from the past when yeah. growing up in family. If you call me Ed, it was like the college years yeah. and Zalman years, you know. And then Edward came out later. <laughs> I call him Eddie. It's, you know, it's weird because cool. like, I, I love that you could be comfortable with the, those different uh, morph, morph, morphications, I guess, uh, of your name. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like a purist when it comes to like my real name. You know, it's, it's Albert. Everybody knows that. Or if they don't, well, whatever. But like, um, you know, and, and people, some people are like, oh, I want to call you Albie or I want to call you Al. And I'm like, no, it's <laughs> Albert. <laughs> that is my name. I'm like, you can call me Turtle, but I'm like, only if I'm recording. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or only if I'm doing this or that. Yeah, to me, it, it doesn't. Whatever people want to call me. That's I've cool. I've been called Jackass and everything. <laughs> <laughs> are you like that with your name, Max? Or I, are you well, I am because Max is my middle name and it's Maxime. Michelle, right? Michel, Michel is my first name. Michel. And nobody can pronounce it, so I use Max. Okay. And I just I thought that was all amazing how liberal you are with your name. So I, like, oh. <laughs> I, wish, I, wish, I wish I could be like I wish I could be like that, but I'm not. I'm very <laughs> very uptight. I am. Uh, you know, I'm like, well, this is what I'm, you know. I don't know. That's got to be this way. Yeah. Well, the worst is like when when I'm in public, you know, because this has happened many times. I'm at Target or, or wherever, and then I hear Mr. Nye. I'm like, ah. Then the, then the, the eyes, you know, comes up on the back of my neck. I know it's a student. Yeah. And I'm like, shit. I'm all freaking. I'm like, I have like a hundred hours of tattoo work. You know, and that's usually when I'm, I have it all coming out i'm in my flip-flops you know what i mean um so yeah <laughs> mr nye is the one maybe i don't get used to out in public right <laughs> well you can catch mr nye on uh you know uh reverb nation <laughs> on the twitters and stuff we're gonna have all those links uh on the show notes so uh go check it out there on enter the shell.com um, Max, uh, anything coming up with you or anything going oh, on? Oh, you know, there's always a little something, something with the side of something. With a something. Um, yeah. Well, first off, uh, I have to say a, a huge thank you to my, um, products that, you know, endorse me. Uh, not he, me, well, but Max. Yes. They, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, here, but soon here, they will endorse me, damn it. They will. They will. <laughs> I'll bust in there. Look at my hair. <laughs> Look at my hair. I deserve, <laughs> I deserve, this, I deserve to be endorsed. <laughs> right. So hair gear and the hair technologies. I love this stuff. Hair, hair back pro. I used it this weekend. I in the saw studio. that. You, what were you doing? I was uh, recording um, in Silver Lake, okay. which um, was awesome. And that'll be coming out Top soon. secret project. Top secret. Top secret. Massiveness. It's very, very cool. <laughs> I'm also uh, co-producing a band called um, Fabiano and the Army of Love. Fabian we had Fabiano on. Yes, we yes, did. Yes, and I'm, I'm doing ago. their new record. Okay, so that's cool. So I'm very excited. He's a lovely that. guy. He is fantastic. Um, Zemitis Guitars. I love Zemitis Guitars. If you haven't seen a Zemitis Guitar, you need to run. Don't walk, but run and check these guitars out because they're fantastic. They're uh, carved and, well, not all of them. Some of them are inlaid with like tiles and gems. And then the other ones are like metal and all carved up. It's so just, it, 
it's badass. For more information on any of those products, you could just log on to entertheshell.com. There we have That's the right. banners, and then it'll take you to the website. And uh, make sure to mention Max. That's right. Do that. Yeah. Immediately. <laughs> um, right away. <laughs> uh, some thank yous to Ross Chapman and the SGI uh, organization, to Tiffany Atwood and um, RPM Productions, which I am the head of. If you're looking for any sort of production um, in any capacity, hit us up over there and we'll help you out. Um, like d define any capacity like you know if say you're doing a film okay. and you need a line producer a director a uh, cameraman a grip you go to our website a turtle, a turtle. i just happen to need a turtle you know, like, oh, you, sometimes you need a turtle <laughs> right? so you go to our website and you can see their reels and That's everybody cool. that we have available you can book them we will handle the deal for you That's and awesome. yeah and it's it's magical and what's that and, website and it's rpm uh talent i believe dot com okay and it's under the rpm productions uh side of that got it um Jeff Green and uh, Asif Akbar and all of my Asif. Asif. He's the I director, love, right? Yes, Asif is the, the sci-fi guy, right? Yes, okay. of Astro, which is coming right. out soon. We just finished that up and excited um, for that to come out. That's with Gary Daniels and Louis Mandalore, Marshall Hilton, uh, Michael Pere, who was just on our last yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. God, I love Michael Pere. And got... it was his birthday, so happy birthday to Michael. We we had so many lovely comments on the Facebook uh, page for Taurus and the Hair Experience, which, by the way, if you want to join that, entertheshell.com there, it'll take you there. Um, but so many people loved Michael Pere. It was, yeah. it was insane. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was it was a, a good insane, guy. you know? Yeah, truly I lovely love guy. Him. Love him. Um, I have a couple of new films coming out. The Dads is coming out. The Vampires, uh, Doggone Adventure. It's a Jim Wynorski film. Uh, again, House of Manson is out everywhere. You can see that. Hell's Kitty, uh, Shannon Rose with Mizzy, uh, Attack of the Bimbos, The <laughs> Wendigo, the Death Bimbos. House, Smoke-Filled Lungs, and Edward Nyahe directing The Witch Chronicles 2. Spirits of Ayahuasca. Ah, where she plays the devil. <laughs> Lilith. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Max uh, is the devil. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you also, knew that or not. The <laughs> actual devil. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny, though? Like, you really go down and you're like, fuck it. I'd be happy. I'd be like, you were my fucking producer. You were my producer. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> she was amazing. Aww. Um, go out and see live music. If you're not yes. seeing live music, then we can't thrive. Um, I mean, we can. We can we, thrive, we, but, but it's not as fun. It's, it's not. not as fun. You need to go out. You know, you need to buy music. You need to not just download a song, but download the entire record if you're not going to go to a record store and buy it. And go to, to live events and see these bands. And... Um, Speaking of bands, we've got some bands out right Max, now. Max, dude, the camera's running out, man. Let's yeah, <laughs> come yeah, on, yeah. speed this up. Um, <laughs> I got, Sean I got Barry, to do too. Michael Grant with uh, with LA Guns, Ivy Subler, um, Nick Mason, The Absence Project, Mystery School, Ty Fury is out with Chris uh, Young. Um, uh, Where Traders Fall? Did I say Where Traders Fall? No. Where Traders Fall? Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, 
endless. It's okay, endless. well, it's ending right now because yeah. uh, <laughs> I need <laughs> to promote something too. Okay. Oh, really? You have <laughs> yeah, things to promote. I do. Isn't that weird? Finally, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, October twenty first. I will be at the Women of Horror. So stop on by. We got Bella Novella, Ever So Android. And of course, the darts—they are headlining, um, and they're coming off their tour too. So they they, they just made it yeah. part of their tour. You gotta have the darts on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they're on tour, so this is just a real quick stop yeah. for well, them. When they come off. Well, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. gonna interview them there, but you know, I mean, I'll, I'll have them come back on um, and do that. Now, there's a hundred dollar uh, Halloween costume contest, so you can win a hundred fuzzles just right there. Just all you yeah. gotta do is show up. So I that's like gonna, money, right? Who doesn't? Um, for more information, of course, enter the shell.com. You'll see the uh banner, you'll click on it. But here's the kicker this is the reason why you want to go. Be besides the live music, there's gonna be some major art there, some uh women of horror art and or just Halloween art in general. So if you're a fan of art and music, go there. But guess what? There's one more thing a special appearance by yours truly. I will be there. I know, I know. You can actually physically you can touch the me. turtle. You can you touch me. his hair. Well, maybe you don't want to. <laughs> I don't know. I'm starting Are to Are you going to bathe for this event? <laughs> uh, I'll bathe in the morning, but like it's real weird. Like when I fall asleep, that's when the magic happens. And then I wake up and then my hair is just automatically like beautiful. Uh, so I, I'm still beautiful. trying to Yeah, I'm still trying to figure <laughs> figure out how to work with this uh, you know, this hair and how to get it awesome the entire time. Again, you when you have beautiful hair days, you, you don't want to do anything to prevent not having another beautiful hair day. So I'm trying to understand that concept of how do I get my hair beautiful all the time without, I don't know, without any effort but, or with effort, I guess. But I guess, yeah. you know, I have, I have a long time to figure that out. So yeah, we'll see. So anyway, you can meet me <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, you know me, I rarely go out. So yeah, I feel like <laughs> it's very true. So uh, go out and again, enter the show.com, click on the banner for tickets and more information. And it's going to be uh, right here in LA at the uh, airliner. So I've been to that uh, place uh, a few times and it's a really cool venue. Um, so yeah. So, and, and the, the beer is pretty cheap there too. If, if I mean, if, if worst case scenario, we just drink beers, but I'm, I'm fine with that. We're running out of tape. Yes, we are. Well, because somebody uh, like spoke like twenty <laughs> minutes. I'm, I'm th three minutes in. Uh, wow, gee. That's what you uh, for. <laughs> did we miss anything? Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, or shout out. Like shout really out. Thank you guys for bringing me on the show. I really appreciate it, Max. Thank you so much for asking me. Turtle, it's awesome to meet you. Yeah. And uh, I do have, <laughs> um, you know, I want to do one little shout out to uh, to my friend Jonathan Natal, who's by far one of the most brilliant guitarists ever. He's done most of my music, um, so we're we got something in the works coming out soon. So yeah, um, yeah putting the band back that. together. Yes, I'm cool. doing that too right now. My my old band, Nobody's Girlfriend, is back together with <laughs> Gloria Gloria O'Brien. I'm and Nina Williams. I'm so so stoked for that. So yeah, we're gonna be hitting the airwaves again. Yeah. Okay, great. I can't wait to debut all of that on the show. Um, once again, uh, thank you, Edward and I, hey, for uh, coming on. Really appreciate it. All the links. You can call him Eddie now. Eddie. And, uh, I'm like, <laughs> Eddie? so like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
His name was Edward, okay? That's <laughs> what he was born. That's what he was born. Um, yeah, uh, links, uh, show notes, all that good fun stuff. Thank you again for coming on and uh, sharing your stories and just, uh, you know, you know, it's funny. Like, you were saying that you're a very sincere person. I was like, exactly. I'm like, fuck, yeah, you are. I'm like, this is I appreciate that, man. very sincere. So uh, thank you. Um, okay, uh, what song should we leave on? I want to, I'm thinking the ones we've lost. Uh, we've lost a lot of great people yeah. this year. Jerry Lewis, you yeah. know, and Chris Hugh Lewis, Hefner, love you. you know, um, and of course, uh, Tom Petty, TP, you know, um, yeah. uh, so. And all of the people that we lost in Vegas. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, and now with the fires here. Yeah. And the hurricanes. It's just been ridiculous. Yeah. And of course, all the people that you have lost as well. I mean, th this is for everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, and 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 even though we've lost them, we've really found them. Uh, to be fair, because now they're more in our hearts more than ever. And I think that's you know the takeaway from this. Exactly. So go out, have some experiences. We'll go out, have our own. We'll meet back here and share those experiences. Uh, so I guess we're out of here. God bless, guys. Later. Thanks for distress.